Welcome to the kickoff podcast with the Zone Press. My name is Christopher Edwards. What you'll be hearing today, my thoughts on the Cowboys-Jets game, Monday Night Football preview, um, just to get you acclimated. Uh, go ahead and visit thezonepress.com. Follow us on Instagram at thezonepress. Our digital content team is fantastic. Um, we got a full week for you. Go ahead and visit our site, visit our socials. You'll learn all about it. Thanks for listening. Download and subscribe. Tell your friends. Welcome to the first episode of the kickoff podcast with thezonepress.com. Might as well get right to it. Eventful weekend in the league. Our open today, Jason Garrett and the Cowboys. Underwhelming. Three straight losses, especially to the Jets, who did indeed have Sam Darnold back. However, story starts mainly with the play calling. Struggling fourth quarter, third quarter, all game long. Something that's been telling for the last three weeks. And Tony Romo kind of put it best, saying, you can see Jason Garrett's footprints all over this offense. Kellen Moore's done all he can with what he's had at his disposal in terms of weapons. Amari Cooper's been dealing with injuries the last two weeks. But expected typical offensive coordinator struggles early on. He's performed well above expectations, though, Kellen Moore, in regards to his play calling. Questionable play calls throughout, such as the second and ten run call throughout the game that kind of seemed like it was trickling on down from Jason Garrett. Um, I mean, this is a win they needed to have. Looking at their schedule, weeks 7 through 16, they have the hardest schedule remaining in the entire league in a division where they're going to be battling against Philadelphia for the division crown and seeding all season long in a top-heavy NFC. Seeding matters. They got New York following their bye week. So they got Philly by week and then New York on Monday Night Football. The, these are wins they got to start rattling off. They got Vikings, then the Lions, New England, Buffalo, and then they hit a hard stretch towards the end. They had to have, yesterday, they had to win that game to put them in prime position going forward. And now they're going to need another rat, rattling of wins that they reminiscent of last season to be able to put them in prime position to hopefully be able to go a little further in the playoffs. Personally, I think Jason Garrett needs to be gone. Um, it's something that's needed to be needed to be done the last three seasons, in my opinion. Uh, Jerry Jones is obviously a Jason Garrett homer because that move hasn't been executed yet. Um, personally, in-house candidate Chris Richard would be my decision to go with as a head coach. Obviously, being the Dallas Cowboys, it's a lucrative job. So what you have there, in my belief, is Jerry Jones wanting to hold off to present himself with the opportunity to fill that position with outside candidates, a la the rumors of Lincoln Riley, etc., etc. He wants that big-name candidate, something, surprisingly, he doesn't have in Jason Garrett. And, I mean, that's kind of showed up in performance. There's a viral video yesterday of his teams running off to the sideline, the defense, and him sticking his hand out for his classic high five and nobody wanting to give him it. I mean, from the looks of it on the outside, you never want to speculate, but it looks like the locker room isn't too happy with him. So yeah, if I believe Jerry Jones needs 
to pull the trigger on that move and Jason Garrett needs to be gone as head coach. He's not one to pull the trigger on a move such in the middle of the season. I can see it waiting. Another reason, like I mentioned, I think he wants to wait for that big name candidate. That's why he came out today and said he does not see himself pulling the trigger on that move. Um, I mean, on the Jets side of things, what a game to bring back and <laughs> Sam Darnold and just show everybody why he's such a great quarterback at a young age. I mean, it shows that it's not all not all talk from their side of things. Darnold has been the real deal dating back to week 10 last year. He had finished number one in QBR, number one graded quarterback by PFF last six weeks of the season last year. I mean, 23 of 32, 10-yard average down the field, 67 QBR, fantastic in the first half. Just He could do anything he wanted. Gase was great with play calls. Really showed, I mean, New York isn't top of the league in terms of weapons and their arsenal, but shows what Darnold has to work with. He can make it work no matter what. Not comparing him to greats, but that's what greats do. They elevate their teammates around him. I mean, his receiving corps, Robbie Anderson, Jameson Crowder, Demarius Thomas, Ty Montgomery out of the backfield, and then obviously Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell didn't even have a great day. 14 carries, 50 yards, 3.6 average. In the receiving game, he was one reception for three yards. Robbie Anderson had that deep shot, a 92-yard touchdown, longest of the season for any quarterback and receiver all year long. He had five for 125. The screen game, I mean, reminiscent of Denver, was shown up for Gase and for Darnold. Really, I mean, what a great way to bring him back. Kind of showing like uh, his play calls and how how much they can flourish once they get really rolling here. I mean, I'm pretty sure nobody predicted him as MVP. Nobody probably had him, and if you do, then you're probably lying. But, I mean, going 0-4 and 3 yards per play as an average when Darnold was out with Mono, to have him back and put on that kind of showcase they did yesterday against the Dallas defense that's held in high regard all throughout the league, especially in the NFC, I mean, it's impressive. It's That's what most valuable means, obviously. That award isn't always 100% accurate, and big discussions after big days yesterday, but it shows how valuable Darnold is to that team. I mean, their defense, Greg Williams showcasing his strengths as a coordinator of being aggressive. I mean, another questionable play call, not in terms of the pass on fourth down, excuse me, the two-point conversion to tie the game, but rather not expecting the aggressiveness almost as if the team was not ready to play. I mean, you could have seen the Greg Williams signature blitz coming from a mile away. And to send one of your best players, I thought it was a fantastic move to send your best player in that position, Jamal Adams, on the defensive side to go right through the middle and get that sack. I mean, what a great play call. So, yeah, I mean, what I took from this game is that Darnold and the Jets will remain being, being impressive with him in the lineup as long as they have him going forward. And there needs to be change in Dallas going forward. All right, let's dive into Monday Night Football. We got the Packers and the Lions. Packers at home against the two one and one Lions. Packers four and one. Personally, I mean, let's get right to it. I expect Packers to win this game. I think that's a big consensus. Um, 
just led by their defense. I mean, what's good for the Lions this year is surprisingly their offense has been able to sustain them. I mean, I wouldn't call them an average team, but they're they're not bad in any category. They're a competent football team. How Patricia has that team playing well. They play well on defense. Um, I mean, they got talent all over the board, but they're really playing well on both sides as a cohesive unit. Matthew Stafford's had a great year. Kenny Galladay. Um, I mean, in that running game, has been a focus for Detroit, which is not a surprise with Daryl Bevel, but with Matthew Stafford as your quarterback, it was an interesting decision, to say the least, to bring him in as offensive coordinator. But so far, they've been very successful in terms of their expectations and, I mean, the public's expectations for them in that regard. I mean, certainly could be a 3-1-1 team, 4-1 team. I mean, they had that tie against Arizona early on, and a game they certainly should not have tied. They should have won that game. That that shows where they were as a football team and where they may still be in terms of what's holding them back with Patricia coaching and their staff as a whole. Also, I mean, that win against the Chiefs, the Chiefs did not play their best game, and the Lions could have. You can say they should have. I mean, the Chief, the better team won that game, but the better team on that Sunday was Detroit. So classic case of a team that's growing, maybe a team for next year, we'll see. But I mean, diving into this game, I mean, Rodgers has been certainly not up to expectations, his expectations. He's 1,300 yards, six touchdowns, only one pick. Stafford has 1,100 yards, nine touchdowns. But I mean, it's you can't expect... I mean, perfection and Rodgers level. I mean, going five weeks in here with Matt LaFleur, new head coach, entering week six. I mean, what has been a showcase through this Packers team to start is that defense and Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones popping off last last week. I mean, their defense has been fantastic. Devontae Adams will be out this week again with an injury. Um, that turf toe he suffered against Philly. Um it's not a huge loss for them. I mean, it's a chance to showcase their other receivers, get a look at that. I mean, the fan in me is happy is happy with that. Um, I mean, Green Bay's DVOA is eighth through this year. I mean, trailing in order, the Niners, the Patriots, Kansas City, which is a big surprise there, honestly, to see them back up there this week at three. Wow. I mean, this is my first look at them this week, and seeing Kansas City at three, it's a little surprising. Philly also, I mean, their secondary is struggling. We'll get that get to that tomorrow. Then you got Dallas, Baltimore, Minnesota, and then Green Bay at eighth. So their unit has been fantastic this year. Honestly, if you take that Philly game out of it, I mean, those numbers are obviously going to adjust. I don't expect much in terms of a. Uh, deeply competitive game i i expect the packers to handle their business at home if i have to give you a score i'm gonna go here packers 27 lions 17 i mean it's the kind of game i expect i don't know if i expect a garbage touchdown or garbage points from either team it'll be close late i expect the packers to do their thing in the fourth quarter this is a good game for matt lafleur to show why he got the job why he deserved the job i mean you certainly you don't win that within the first five weeks of the season, so that'll continue to grow, and I believe he'll do so. Mike Pettin's done a great job with their defense. I think that'll continue. I mean, that big emphasis of Detroit running the ball, 
a pathway for Detroit to win is adjusting from their run-heavy and run-focused offense. It's almost as if they have tunnel vision running their offense in terms of wanting to run the ball consistently and constantly. So adjustment there could present them with an opportunity to win if they let Stafford loose. But on the opposing side, you have a secondary, Jair Alexander and Kevin King and all those guys back there. I mean, that's going to be, it's not no cakewalk to say the least. So that's a pathway for Detroit to win. Their defense has got to play stellar. I expect Rodgers to do his thing. I expect the Packers to have a great game. I expect their defense to do well, and I expect the Packers win. Thanks for listening today. We'll be back tomorrow, as I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast. Download, tell your friends. Remember to visit thezonepress.com. We got articles uploaded daily, tons of content on there, as well as our social medias. Our digital content team is fantastic. I mean, I can't speak enough about them. Um, Go visit there. It's our main source of news, and it's I can recommend it over any other coverage you'll find out there on any social medias. That's at the Zone Press. Awesome. Have a good day.